All right, hey everybody, we're talking uh, Season 6, Episode 12, uh, Ship in a Bottle, Star Trek The Next Generation. And it starts off with Data in a, a smoking jacket, which you really can't go wrong with. Uh, that's how I like to order my Data. But he's Holmes, uh, Sherlock Holmes. The time is uh, 3.55, it looks like, on the clock, or uh, 11.20 uh, above the fireplace. Uh, Data has a pipe between, clasped between his lips as his teeth even uh, hit it, like making that click sound. There's smoke. Uh, Jordy's there is Watson. Maybe a fold-down desk. Uh, can't read this. R-R-R-R-R-R-R. That's what it looks like my handwriting says. Uh, A-R-V-E-V-E. Maybe an I. A-R-I. Arrive, Maybe. Who is the third person? I don't know. Uh, there's a turtle on the second level of a table. There's a lot of good stuff in this uh, lot, the, the set. There's a sculpture. There's a lamp, a cane lamp uh, with the her before it. Uh, there's also a portrait on the wall. I couldn't figure out whose portrait it was above the fireplace. I'm looking at it now. A couple, a couple different portraits. Uh, one could be, well, I don't know, maybe, who who knows? Is it uh, Arthur Conan? And we have some left-to-right discussion as Data tosses the third person. Let's see who, if it's just a third person. As Data's in the middle of, like, solving things, as Holmes. Uh, but then he says, hey, what's up, uh, the spatial, spatial orientation detective, the, the, the thing is off on the computer. And it must be nice to be an officer because they just say, Barkley, what's going on? We're trying to play around here with a Sherlock Holmes adventure. Jordy calls Reginald Barkley, Reg, for short. Uh, he says, fix this. Come on, we're trying to have some fun. Like, uh, what kind of, the, they're on the holodeck. And then they leave. I also notice they left in um, in dress, uh, like dressed up as a character. So they, I don't, I, I did have a question of our, our uh, like Barkley runs to try to fix the uh, holodeck, but I said, "Do they? Um, what do they call that when you materialize it? Uh, like the three D printer thing they have?" Uh, but I forgot what it's called. But it, like, does that make their uniforms every time? Do they dematerialize their uniforms? Uh, do they have them in a closet somewhere? Who's in charge? Of, who's in charge of Sherlock Holmes clothes? And the Watson clothes, like, uh, they each have them in their own closets. Uh, so those are important. I mean, those are important questions to me. Uh, do, yeah, do they throw them out when they're done? Uh, Reg tries to work on Sherlock Holmes 3A. Then James Moriarty shows up. Uh, there's protected memories trying to unlock it. Uh says, yeah, I'm Professor James Moriarty. He's a lefty. Uh, and he's a good catch. He catches with his left hand. So his special recognition isn't off. And he says, where's Captain Picard? And Barkley is like, Wait, how do you know uh, Captain Picard? And Moriarty goes, you don't know who I am? And he goes, uh, WTF. Barkley's like, uh, wait, you know who you are? That doesn't make any sense because you're a holodeck character. How do you know you're a holodeck character? And he says, I was made as a toy, a plaything for Commander Data to masquerade as Sherlock Holmes. And they made me too well, so I became self-aware. I'm alive, buddy. 
uh, he starts singing that song. I got a little story for you. What you thought was Moriarty was nothing but a holodeck, not just a holodeck character. And he goes, I want out of the holodeck. Barkley goes, no, this is the only place you can exist. He goes, how long have you been gone? For years. He goes, seem longer than that. Uh, it's not pleasant being a holodeck character in the mainframe or whatever. Uh, I wonder if there was any uh, Star Trek The Next Generation fan fiction about uh, Moriarty's time in um, in the computer or after this episode. I'm sure maybe somebody wrote it, or maybe they didn't. Uh, but uh, maybe some poetry. But it'd probably be better as poetry, like Moriarty's poetry as like uh, trying to exist in the computer's memory. Oh, you know. Oh, well, you know, who, like, as Moriarty becomes more self-aware. And let's see, meet me in the sitting room at Baker Street. I'll have to stare your blocks and music out. He appears and smiles and has an idea. Uh, maybe that's what he told Barkley to tell Commander Picard to meet me. He goes, Picard promised to get me out of here. He doesn't keep his promises, and Barkley goes, oh, no, he does, uh, so I got a job here. Uh, and then he says, meet me in Baker Street, uh, and Barkley goes, okay, let me put you back in storage. I got to go, and as soon as Barkley puts him back in storage, Moriarty disappears. But kind of, he, like, uh, he oh, he blanks out, but then there's music, which is ominous, and then he reappears and smiles. He's he's up to something, old uh Moriarty. Uh, then the episode opens. It's uh, started at uh, 46424.1, maybe. Uh, they're in the D- D- Dittrian system, some system. Let's take a look. Uh, yeah, the Detrian system, the planets are running into each other. They're going to, a couple of gas giants. It's kind of like me. I'm, 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 I'm like a bit like a hot gas planet. Uh, this fills my hot air, not that other gas. Uh, they say it's going to be a self-sustaining fusion reaction is what we're probably going to see. And the birth of a new star, which I didn't realize stars could come from gas planets uh, crashing. And they're going to say, let's observe this. Uh, maybe this is the first time. I think it must be a big deal. They're collecting, you know, they're collecting data or data, starbirth uh Barkley comes, he's under stress. He's great. Uh, we'll talk about the Barkley and uh, the betrayal of Reg Barkley later. He goes, you won't believe it. Uh, like, uh, they got Professor Moriarty down there, self-aware. He just appeared there. He wants to talk to the captain. I think he may have told us to Jordy, actually. And then, what does that say? Cuford, Oford, Data... Barkley, Picard, at Holodeck. Uh, uh, so maybe cut two. I think that says cut two. Uh, Data, Barkley, and uh, Picard are at the Holodeck. Uh, and they say, hey, what's up, dude? And Moriarty says, what's up? How come you haven't come to get me? And he goes, we didn't forget about you. We just couldn't uh, We couldn't figure it out. It's a mystery. And uh, we've been working with uh, Starfleet on it, not us anymore. We needed theoretical scientists, uh, and they couldn't even figure it out. So uh, 
He goes, you, he goes, Picard goes, Barclay told me you could feel the passing of time. I'm sorry. We didn't think that we thought you'd be in, you know, in static memory. And Moriarty kind of puts Picard on a guilt trip. He goes, you know what? I don't believe anything you say anymore. Uh, let's see. Story all about that. Professor takes a book to SH. Uh, I don't know what that means. Let's see what I can learn from the transcript. He goes, you, he goes, you're just going to take off again, and I'm going to be stuck here in this computer. I want to get out of the room. And Picard goes, you can't exist outside the holodeck. Uh, and Moriarty goes, are you sure? Oh, and then Picard tosses, he says, open the door. And then he throws a book off the holodeck, and it vanishes. And Moriarty says, well, I'm not a book. I'm a, you know, I'm a professor. Uh, throws it out. An object versus Cassoners will be, he knows. Uh, Picard playbook. Uh, let's see. You know, he says, Picard goes, you're a computer simulation. And he goes, no, I'm conscious and I have will. He goes, I have a mind. And that gives me some existence. Uh, I can walk in your room right now. Picard goes, don't do it. Uh, you'll cease. Uh, and he goes, well, then nothing will be lost. Mind over matter. Cogito ergo sum or sum. I think, therefore, I am. Right when he says that, he walks right in the hall, does a dramatic turn, and everyone's WTF. They're like, what in the heck? Uh, can't believe it. Uh, and great. also, there's great lamps in that room and great reaction shots when he walks out of the room. Uh, finger up. Uh, he holds his finger up when he's out there. I liked that. Then data, the data goes. Uh, hey, Worf, uh, we got to sit here. Uh, Professor Moriarty's walking around, really happy. He goes, "What are we?" Uh, uh, I think even Wesley's like, "Wait a second, is he a human?" And uh, oh no, that's Professor Crusher. He goes to the thing to be scanned. Uh, wait, I think I got ahead of myself. Uh, yeah, Data says, Worf, send some people down here to keep an eye on Moriarty. Picard goes, is this possible? Barker goes, no. It goes against all physics. And then Picard says, I want Dr. Crusher to check on you. She says, he's human. Uh, and she goes, his DNA is a little bit different, but uh, all the system is totally functioning. And Jordy goes, he's as immutable as ordinary matter. So not losing cohesion. And Picard goes, I'm kind of losing some cohesion with all this. Uh, and the whole time Moriarty's playing innocent, like totally pandering. He says, I just want to explore this new world, your vessel. What sea are we on? Uh, can we go above deck? And uh, they say, Picard and Crusher look at each other. And he goes, let's go to 10 forward. And he looks out the window. He goes, we're adrift in the heavens. Uh, and he goes, not adrift. We're a ship traveling through space. And Moriarty goes, well, where's Earth? What's the range? What locomotion? So much for me to learn. And Picard says, you could start reading some books. And Moriarty goes, I got big plans for my life now. I'm out on my own. And Picard goes, well, you're going to have to remain on board for a while where we figure out what the heck is going on. And he goes, well, I don't care. I want to get on with my life. I don't care about you understanding anything. And Picard goes, you know, you got to be up on up. Uh, you can't be more like the old Moriarty. And he goes, don't worry, that was uh, fiction. 
it just it, he goes that was just the writings of uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Now I'm a real holodeck being. And he goes, well, if you're telling me the truth, maybe there is a whole world out there for you to enjoy. And he goes, well, also, uh, he, he's like, let's see how much I can get out of Picard. He's very happy. Uh, 10 forward. Oh, it's 1346. There's a good, you should pause it. Uh, there's a woman dressed like Velma from uh, uh, Scooby-Doo. She has a green and neon orange outfit on. And I had to WTF that. She must be a crew member, a guest. Uh, uh, and I like how Moriarty sighs around that. And he says, so much to learn. Uh, he mashes a, f- a flare. He's, he makes a flare at every turn. Uh, that's how he's moving around. Ricard sits down at one point when they're talking. And it takes a while for Moriarty to sit down. And when he sits down, he says, can I have a, f- a favor? Also, I'm in love with the Countess. Uh, and I'd like you to kind of give her consciousness, too. And uh, he goes, because, uh, you know, then I have someone to spend time with. And Picard goes, no way. Because it goes against everything. Uh, he goes, you're a new life form. I can't be messing around. Your moral and ethical implications. He goes, if we do it on purpose... Uh, and Moriarty says, well, is it acceptable for you to deny my love of my love uh, because I love her and it, to boss me around? And Picard goes, okay, um, calm down. We're going to try to keep you comfortable. And Moriarty goes, oh, you're just going to dole out how I have to do things. I'm a power. Oh, you, Picard, please. Oh, whoa. He, but he's in love with another illusion. He wants another life form or not. Uh, love and distraction. He won't accept it. You hold my future, my happiness. Then they have a staff meeting. Troy's like, uh, she has a good take. She goes, we created her, even though it's only a holodeck. Uh, so she goes, maybe we already. And then Professor or Dr. Crush says, it's romantic. Uh, but uh, I don't think we should be messing around with it. And Barkley's like, I don't even know what happened. Uh, zoinks. And Data says, by the way, we don't know that this is permanent. Uh, um, I'll have to deal with it. I think Ricard says, well, I'll have to deal with him uh, until we know more details. I'll deal with uh, Moriarty. So then uh, something I put, Bar- oh, Barkley's just really good. Uh, then Picard, he, he's in the leg crossing situation as he gives uh, Barkley, or I mean uh, Moriarty, he's in Moriarty's room. Nice room, by the way. And he goes, We're going to have to postpone things. And Moriarty goes, No, postponing. Uh, I lived in a computer. And Picard goes, Wait a second, why are you in such a hurry? He goes, is, Are you up to something with uh, the uh, Countess? Uh, and he goes, She has impeccable integrity. And Ricard goes, seems like you love her. And he goes, well, it's fashioned for me to love, uh, but I would have anyway. She's remarkable. I adore her. I love her. And Picard goes, well, then that is just another reason for us to take our time then. Picard's, I think really it is a battle of the minds. Because uh, Picard seems to be sussing things out. Uh, he doesn't know exactly what's going on, but he says, okay, what's the hurry? Oh, well, you know, he's countering his logic, uh, 
And uh, then Riker's like, Captain, you got to get to the bridge. And Riker's like, looks like this planet thing's going to happen. Uh, when Picard leaves, oh, there's a good Moriarty close-up. Uh, he's, he's getting some idea. Yeah, and they say, launch all the probes. Let's keep an eye on these planets. Uh, command finches are offline. Oh, then they say, command functions are offline. They say, what do you mean? And the computer says, yeah, you, you're, you've locked out. Uh, and Moriarty calls. He says, uh, I had no choice but to take control of the computers. Uh, and they go, come on, the planets are about to merge. We're right in range. Not a good idea. And Marty goes, I can't, not much I can do about it without the Countess to comfort me. And Picard goes, we're working on it. But it goes, this planet thing's going to happen faster. And Marty goes, well, now you have a deadline. And Picard goes, Data, you're going to have to do, really wor- work hard at this one. And then Picard goes, I got to discuss something with somebody. He goes, don't mess with me. They say, we got trouble. Look at these planets. I'm just a fictional character. I want my countess. Uh, then Barkley, Jordy, and I put Barkley, but I think it's Jordy. Barkley, Jordy, and Data have a meeting about They're talking about matter cohesion and figuring out the holodeck, transporting the stuff off. Uh, but w- this is like when you watch episode four or five times, you really get to know it. Uh, Jordy, there is Jordy, Jordy's like, let's just give up. Uh, let's just accept. Uh, he goes that, uh, I think there's something Jordy, Jordy's like too quick to not, uh, he's not super Jordy like, and then Picard comes in. He goes, okay, I got it. He goes, I bought time with Moriarty. We got to get to the bottom of this. Uh, and he goes, how did he get control? And Jordy goes, he's the most brilliant man of any century. It's really, when you see it a few times, it's a fun scene to watch after, you know. He goes, he's a man that's brilliant. Uh, that's why. And Picard goes, well, figure out something, solution, Jordy. Come on, you're you're supposed to be brilliant. Uh, progress, Mr. LaForge, a small hat. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. A small hat. Uh, but, uh, oh, small hint. That's what it says. Joy Schultz. Oh, that's who plays Barkley, by the way. We'll talk about that. They go back to, he goes, start up at Holmes 3A. This is another hint. They say it's already in use. And Barkley goes, what, who, what? Uh, first, was, then he goes in and he sees the countess. I put, I put, uh, I was trying to figure out who the actress was at first. Uh, and we'll talk about that. She's dressed up in like a coral gown. Uh, and she's asking a lot of questions of Barkley. Uh, Stephanie Beecham is the actor, actress. Uh, he goes, she goes, uh, what are you doing? He goes, well, I get these uh, transporter sticks. Uh, they got some power. And she goes, uh, she goes, she goes, what do you think? I can't understand what a transporter stick is. He goes, oh, well, he goes, these are boosters for a better signal. And she goes, this is when I go into the real world, right? And she goes, uh, he goes, how do you know about the real world? She goes, oh, James told me about it. We're going on a big adventure. Uh, then she talks about visiting Africa. Like uh, she says, talk about the adventures she's had as a character, wearing corset versus wearing trousers, and how much she loved to travel. She can't stay in one place. She's got to travel. Now I'm going to get to travel the stars. Uh, 
And he goes, how can you have consciousness? He goes, you don't sound like a holodeck character. And Moriarty rolls in. Well, she's not. She's a hu- She's human like me. Uh, he really loves the discussion, especially the corset. I saw his face. Uh, but uh, it, it's something also a weird face. Uh, then it's Makeout City. Moriarty comes in and they kiss and Barkley's watching. Uh, she also has multiple types of feathers in her hair and different colors uh, in her hat, not in her hair. And they say, yeah, we're, this is use the boosters to try. They're going to try to transport this. Jason Barkley, great. And Barkley goes, okay, let's try that. Uh, and they say, standing by. And they almost get the chair off. Uh, it beams out, but it won't beam back. Uh, it lost its cohesion. It was a long shot anyway. No transport. But then Data says, uh, oh, let's check the logs. And the computer says, there are no logs of the data. And they go, what, Data says, what in the heck you mean? What do you mean there's no logs of the data? And Data goes, that's impossible. Uh, it's like our attempt never occurred. And then Data clearly knows something's up. Uh, then we have Picard and Geordi. And Picard totally gets... Uh, uh, like uh, like a phishing exposition. He just gives his uh, password right to the computer, no questions asked. He goes, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, g- gave it to my computer, uh, no questions asked. Uh, go ahead, t- full authorization. Remember my password to record it. And uh, Jordy's there, just watching. Data goes, he goes, uh, he sees Jordy do something with his hand. It's the wrong hand. He goes, Captain, C- Commander Picard, we're still in the holodeck. Uh, we're not. Uh, uh, he goes, uh, it's funny because Jordy's a holodeck character. So he has like this funny look, uh, frosted with zeal. Uh, I don't know what that means. But he's like, Jordy, who? And he goes, how did you know? Uh, Picard goes, how did you know, Data? Data goes, deduction, fools. So, like, I used a simple deduction, just like uh, Holmes. He goes, I've deduced it. Uh, he goes, and then he breaks it down, the deduction. Deduction, deduction, that's my function. And he does a little Sherlock Holmesian rap. Uh, and then he goes, if that's true, this isn't Geordi. And Data goes, yeah, hit the road, uh. He goes, and then he tests out his, he throws his uh, communicator towards uh, something and it hits a wall. He goes, then they try to exit, no exit. Picard calls the bridge, where am I? They go, engineering. And uh, Data's like, okay, the, the simulation could tell where we are in this simulation. Uh, he said, then, yeah, this is when they say, excuse us, Jordy, we have to talk. Uh, and Picard goes, who's even real here? It was good eyes, because he's definitely like, oh boy, I'm in a simulation. I didn't even realize it. Uh, and Dave's like, you, me, and Barclay's mostly real. You know, he's a little bit. Uh... And Picard goes, I just gave, the reason to Picard's eyes, he goes, I just gave my entire password to the, the simulation. Oops. Uh, and they go, well, how long do we got to figure this out? And they go, three hours. And he goes, okay, somehow I got to give Moriarty what he wants. Uh, then we have Riker, the real Riker, grilling Moriarty. And Moriarty's like, well, I just want to get off the ship, Riker. Just hurry up and figure it out. But Riker's like, where's Picard, Barkley, and Data? 
And he goes, I'll give them to you and your ship as soon as you let me out. Your crewmates are in my sh- little ship in a bottle. He gives us uh, another hint. Uh, I only want my freedom. Then he hangs up on them. And Worf's like, warp core temperature's rising. And then Moriarty's back or something. He goes, I got nothing to lose. And they say, Jordy, get on it. Figure this out. And then Worf goes, okay, warp core's back down. Uh, Picard, resume program. Uh, he meets the Countess, who's reading. Uh, Countess Regina, just like the city in Canada. One of the first podcasts I ever listened to was in Regina. It took place in Regina. I mean, this was in the first days of podcasting. Uh, sagacity is used, a great word. Uh, it's a Picard and the Countess talk about. He tries to, he goes, he tries to get to the bottom of love and of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Moriarty. He goes, oh, he says, you're wit and sagacity. She goes, well, you have charm and guile, like Viscount Oglethorpe. Uh, and she goes, what are you up to? Picard goes, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. And he goes, how come you like Moriarty? She goes, well, he's exciting, incisive, ruthless, brilliant, irresistible. And Picard goes, he's not good. And she goes, well, that's just how he's written. I know him differently. And Picard goes, so you want to travel with him? And she goes, yes, please help. He goes, okay, I will. But really, he's like, uh, you know, Picard's brilliant. So he goes, okay, I think if we uncouple the Heisenberg compensators and allow them to randomly re-scramble, we could get something off the grid. But don't tell anybody uh, because uh, he goes, I got to, uh, he goes, just keep it our secret. Totally didn't mean to tell you all that. Uh, and he goes, I just you know, I gotta get take over the ship. Uh, he goes, I need Moriarty to return the voice command to me so I can. Uh, he goes, or I won't do it. And she goes, It sounds like you're giving us a quip for a quip or something. And he goes, I am responsible for the whole ship. And she goes, Oh, I'll see what I can do. And I'll, don't worry, I'll totally keep your totes, keep your secret. Uh, there's also a photo, cool statues in the room, a radio, it looks like an equalizer. Because I'll do what I can. Uh, Jordy and Riker talk about gravity wells. Worf is dealing with force fields. And uh, uh, then they go to the Countess. The Countess, of course, tells Moriarty everything. He says, uncouple the Heisenberg compensators, eh? And he goes, I have, he's totally, gets into the, he's overconfident. He goes, oh, I got them running around like a bunch. He goes, I totally played them. Played Picard. Played everybody. He goes, give me an arch. Uh, and he calls Riker. And somebody says, no games, yo. I think Riker, that sounds like something Riker would say. I don't have game time for games, Moriarty. And he goes, uh, like, we've got a gravity well sitch here. Moriarty goes, listen close, uncouple those Heisenberg compensators. And they go, okay. And he goes, oh, here we go. Totally, uh, we totally tricked them. Uh, and Riker goes, oh, we're ready. And they say, step into the transport area. And they say, active and energizing. And they travel to the real enterprise, Moriarty and uh, the Countess. They think they do. And he says, give me a shuttlecraft and I'll set you free. And, uh, okay, Riker says, oh, he totally tricked us. Okay. 
And they take him to a shuttlecraft. He goes, go to Mellis 2. It's, it's inhabited and uh, friendly. And he goes, then you could go from there. And Marty goes, you know, googly, googly, goo. I told him, just say goodbye to the captain for me. Sorry. Uh, he didn't realize he was in a, um, a holodeck simulation and he got played Moriarty, Moriarty style. Uh, Melis too can't wait. I can't say. I can't wish I could see Picard's face. Uh, so schooled. And then Picard Riker says, "All right, open the doors, hit the road." And then Moriarty and the Countess are in the shuttlecraft. Uh, there's something about interface release. Uh, oh, interface with. Oh, they, then he gives a, uh, Picard's pin back. And the Countess says, "Can we go back to Earth one day?" He goes, "Yeah, sure, one day, of course." Uh, then we cut back to Picard and Data, and he says, okay, uh, it worked. Uh, and then he goes, Data goes, do we have to control the ship back? And he goes, I think they said store the store the program in memory and stop the simulation. Uh, Picard Delta One, that was the program. And they say, they call Riker. Riker's like, yeah, we got the ship back. Uh and Barclay's like, okay, we should be back in Nor like on the holodeck. Uh, and they say, okay, everything's back on normal. We're getting away from the planets. And Picard goes, all right, we'll be up soon. And Worf's like, Captain? And he goes, don't worry, Worf, I'm on it. And Worf, uh, let's see, a discontinuous store program. It worked. Yeah, so good. Picard to bridge, Mr. Worf. Uh, Barkley grabs this, like, neon disk drive. And they say, how'd you do it? They said, holodeck, the old holodeck within a holodeck. Uh, and it's obviously not a disk drive, but actually a computer. Uh, it's running inside a cube, a miniature ho- holodeck within a holodeck within a holodeck uh, in the computer circuit circuitry. And it'll keep them uh, going for a lifetime. They put it inside another computer memory box or something, enhancement module. And the only thing was Barclay's in charge of it. So I'm like, is Barclay going to keep this uh, safe? Uh, And then we have the humor. They say, don't worry, they'll enjoy their reality. And then he goes all uh, musky on us. He says, after all, we might be a simulation in a device somewhere. But he goes, we got to start a study. He goes, Barkley, keep it safe. Uh, and then they leave, and Bar- Barkley's left by himself, and he just double-checks that he's in reality. He says, uh, in simulation. And, it, and it's like, no, you're in reality, Bark. And that's uh, the end of the episode. Uh, when I could talk about a couple of things that came up on this episode, one is uh, Sherlock Holmes' Data's Pipe, which is a Calabash pipe. Uh, and this is from... Uh, smokingpipes.com and I'll just link to it uh, but uh, let's see who wrote it uh, uh, Daniel Bumgardner uh, September 7, 2017 it talks about how you've seen it in film, literature and maybe on a pipe rack a whimsical distinctive silhouette uh, and uh, the shape is unique and the story behind it even more so it's a perfect storm of nature, necessity, colonialism, and shifting social paradigms. Uh, it's uh, made from the hollow, uh, hollowed-out hull of a calabash gourd. Uh, that's how it gets its name. And it goes through a special process, even while the fl- fl- fruit is growing. 
Uh, so it talks about that in the article. Uh, it first uh, developed during, uh, like, when maritime trade routes were disrupted and the briar was in short supply. And we need to find a new way to make pipes, uh, ladder, consider, like, uh, I guess this is a little bit, maybe you should just read it, because uh, it's really in-depth, and I don't want to paraphrase it, uh, like, in a way. Uh, but and so it's a shape that way, one way, because of the gourd uh, that it's from. Another thing was, uh, like, uh, these lamps, uh, these cane lamps, uh, the hurricane lamps, uh, uh, we, I, there's a nice article over Emerson Creek Pottery from December 5th, 2017 in the history of these oil lamps with a glass chimney and a control knob. Uh, uh, first uh, invented in 1780 by Argand, son of a Swiss watchmaker. And they said, oh, wait, a cylindrical wick, which allowed air to flow through and around itself, would produce a brighter light. Uh, the glass lamp uh, chimney protected the flame from gusts, and the control knob enabled it to uh, adjust the height of the wick uh, and the strength of the light. And different oils were used as fuel, and uh, this might have been the period of the Enlightenment uh, in which science was being explored for the benefit of mankind and inventing the prototypical uh, lamp that uh, would illuminate the world for centuries to come. It got used because it was wind-resistant on ships, uh, uh, movies, and westerns it's been seen, and in modern times, uh, uh, long into the 20th century, people have used uh, these lamps uh, with kerosene, and even now they get used, of course, uh, and there's a glow of romance uh, surrounding these special lamps and their long history. Uh, so that's a cool thing to learn. Uh, there's a couple of great articles, uh, more about the first episode of this, uh, the elementary, my dear data. Uh, one is by Star Trek.com, uh, Star Trek.com staff, uh, December 5th, 2016. Uh, 20 years later, it's still elementary, dear data. And it remains one of the most entertaining and fan favorite episodes. It has, this is the elementary, dear data episode. It was written by Brian Allen Lane. It builds on the idea of Data being uh, uh, loving Sherlock Holmes. Uh, first reference in Lonely Among Us. Uh, the writing staff thought that it was in the public domain, but it wasn't. Uh, so that added a little bit uh, more to the thing. Uh, they did find a compromise, but then they weren't able to go back to it until they, uh, again, until the ship in the bottle. And uh, Rob Bowman talked about the episode in an interview. He said, uh, we're on the set, and there was a two-shot of LeVar and Brent. Uh, Brent's process was to bark a little about a bit about what he had to say before he said it. And it wasn't nearly necessarily reflective that that, that, that was written. What was written wasn't good. It was just part of his process uh, to say, oh, I can't say this stuff. I can't do it. And then as soon as they said it, he would go right into data mode. And data is Sherlock Holmes even. And they said it was mind-boggling how good he was and how he could switch. Uh, and then after they cut, he'd say, okay, I'm not so sure about that take, even though it's perfect. Uh, and they said, Brent, it was brilliant. And they said, Jesus, it was really unforgettable making those episodes and not being on the set. 
Daniel Davis uh, discussed some Moriarty in another art uh, conversation with Star Trek.com. Uh, he said in this incarnation, he's, he kind of has this journey from being uh, arch nemesis uh, to, to trying to just match Data's intelligence. Um, and he's, you know, there's a big emotional journey in both of these episodes, uh, probably bigger in the first one. I'm going to link to this other one that just describes like different shots on the set. It's from Ex Astris uh, Scientitia. Uh, so that'll be in the show notes. Uh, uh, let's talk Reginald Barclay, because this was my first encounter that I remember. Reginald Endicott Reg Barclay Third, portrayed by Dwight Schultz. Uh, plays, uh, he's in Next Generation and Voyager. Uh, I guess he's a reg- vital role in reestablishing contact between the Starship and Starfleet. Also in the feature film First Contact. Uh, coming up with innovative solutions. Uh, oh, he deals with some uh, holodeck issues in uh, that people overlook his because uh, he's just a little bit different, kind of like Scoots. Uh, Sarah Higley created Barkley uh, for her script, uh, Hollow Pursuits for Next Generation. And uh, kind of like a play on being a super Trek fan in some sense. Uh, she was trying to empower that. So Barclay was in uh, Hollow Pursuits, the Nth Degree, Realm of uh, Stuff, uh, Ship in a Bottle, Genesis. Uh, then in uh, First Contact, uh, Star Trek Voyager in Projections, Pathfinder. Um, let's see, end game. So is also in some of the computer games uh, and the novels and in, uh, is re- really, really a rich episode. Uh, part of the reason why it's played by Dwight Schultz, uh, who I'm a big fan of for, from the A team, uh, he played, uh, Murdoch on the A team also well-known voice actor, Ben 10, yeah, Chowder, Cat Dog. Uh, it was uh, born in Maryland. And, uh, yeah, he started in uh, the A Team. He's been in a, a bunch of movies throughout time. Uh, they had a cameo in the movie, but it was cut, but uh, it was in the uh, DVD extras. But just, uh, just as someone I have a positive memory of from being a kid. Uh, what about Stephanie Beecham, who I mistakenly thought was someone else uh, when I first saw this episode, uh, who plays the Countess, has also been in uh, uh, the ABC soap opera The Colby's Dynasty and uh, many movies. Uh, started in British TV uh, in the 70s, uh, in The Nightcomers, uh, and uh, a bunch of other things. So, so I had a long and uh, storied career, but for some reason, I thought Stephanie uh, was uh, another actress. At first, I thought it was Jane Seymour, and I said, "What is J- holy cow? No idea." James Seymour, Jane Seymour was on uh, appeared in Star Trek: The Next Generation. And Jane Seymour, to me, is best known as, Di- I mean, and just to me, this, but Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, which was a Western drama series uh, uh, where she plays Dr. Quinn, uh, who leaves Boston in search of adventure in the old American West and settles in Colorado Springs. 
It was a series that ran 1993 to 1998, 149 episodes, two TV movies. As played in over a hundred series, it was took place in 1867, and uh, Dr. Quinn uh, sets out west to Colorado to start, set up a practice, uh, and she makes adjustment. Uh, she meets, uh, she makes friends with everybody that lives there, and helps people. So I think it was a, a very popular and beloved. Uh, um, what do you call that? Procedural uh, show. Kyle Meany was even in it. And they chose Jane Seymour, who had been in a lot of miniseries. Uh, and uh, they said, do you want to be on this? Check out the script and make a decision. Because uh, if you do, we need you to commit to it for maybe a long time. And it was also known for having a high concept storytelling in the historical setting. And taking on a lot of social issues and, and trying to po- discuss them in a positive way. And other than a great HBO uh, TV Western would, like, uh, there hasn't really been, uh, like, a big-time TV Westerns. Uh, though now there's a couple more that we know about. And it was filmed in uh, Paramount Ranch and, and Agora Hills. Uh, so that's a little bit about uh, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. What about the word sagacity? Uh, that uh, that came up, and I wanted to look it up. Uh, it means a keen sense of smell or the quality of sage, wise, or the ability to make good decisions, a perceptive, astute, or insightful uh, sagacity. So, And it's spelled, uh, thank you, S-A-G-A-C-I-T-Y, sagacity. Uh, then freedom was a big theme this episode. It made me think of, uh, one of my favorite songs about freedom, uh, by George Michael, freedom, exclamation point, exclamation was exclamation point, exclamation point 90, or just a freedom, a song written and produced by George Michael. Uh, it was, uh, the 90 at the end of the title was, uh, also, was there, there Wham also had a song, Freedom? I didn't know that. Uh, it's the third signal single from uh, Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1, and it was a big-time hit. But let's read the and I, I mean, I love that song. Uh, so let's close out the lyrics of uh, Freedom. So good night, everybody. Uh, Freedom by George Michael. I won't let you down. I will not give you up. I gotta have some faith in the sound. It's the one thing I've got. I won't let you down. So please don't give me up. Because uh, uh, I would really, really love to, to stick around. Oh, yeah. Also, I forgot David Fincher was the one who filmed the video. That's a pretty big deal. And uh, amazing. Uh, heaven knows I was just a young boy. Didn't know what I wanted to be. Didn't know what I wanted to be. I was uh, I was every little hungry schoolgirl's pride and joy, and I guess it was enough for, for me to win the race. A prettier face, brand new clothes, and a big fat place on your rock and roll TV. But today, the way I play the game is not the same. No way. Uh, I think I'm going to make myself happy. I think there's one thing you should know. I think it's time I told you so. There's something deep inside of me. There's something, someone else I've got to be. 
Take back your picture in the frame. Take back your singing in the rain. I just hope you understand. Sometimes the clothes do not make the man. And all we have to do now is take these lies and make them true somehow. All we have to see is that I don't belong to you and you don't belong to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freedom, I won't let you down. Freedom, I will not give you up. Freedom, have some faith in the sound. You've got to give for what you take. It's one thing, good thing I've got. Uh, Freedom, I won't let you down. Freedom, so please don't give me up. Uh, Freedom, because I would really, really love to stick around. You've got to give for what you take. Uh, Heaven knows we sure had some fun, boy. What a kick at just a buddy and me. What a kick just a buddy and me. We had every big shot good time band on the run, boy. We were living in a fantasy. Uh, We won the race. It got out of the place. I went back home, got a brand new face for the boys on MTV. But today, the way I play the game has got to change. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to make myself happy. I think there's something you should know. I think it's time I stop the show. There's something deep inside of me. There's someone I forgot to be. Take back your picture in the frame. Don't think I'll be back again. I just hope you understand. Sometimes the clothes do not make the man. All we have to do now is take these lies and make them true somehow. All we have to see is that I don't belong to you and you don't belong to me. Yes, yes. Uh, Freedom, I won't let you down. Freedom, I will not give you up. Freedom, have some faith in the sound. You've got to give for what you take. It's the one good thing that I've got. Uh, Well, it looks like the road to heaven, but it feels like the road to heck. Uh, When I knew which side my bread was buttered, I took the butter thing as well. Posing for another picture, everybody's got to sell. But when you shake your boots... uh, they notice fast, and sometimes mistakes were built to last. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get, I say. That's what you get. That's what you get for changing your mind. That's what you get for changing your mind. That's what you get. That's what you get. And after all this time, I just hope you understand. Sometimes the clothes do not make a man. Uh, good night, everybody. I want to thank everybody over on uh, YouTube, Ethan, M. Krantz, uh Maya, uh, Chloe, uh, O.W., Christopher, uh, LCB, uh, Lazy, thank you. Thanks, thanks, and good night, everybody. Uh, you, uh, Centurion, uh, Vix, uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and, thanks, and good night. Uh, Stephen, Deborah, uh, Ryan, Almond, uh, Almond uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Miriam, uh, Jose, and Prometheus, uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Scooter, uh, Lydia, and Myla, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. And Namira, uh, uh, SL, and Keith, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jor, uh, Kay, and Paige, and thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Vesna, uh, Cal, and Ota, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Sherlock, uh, one, 
and uh, Fluffy, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Rahima, uh, Marin, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Paige, Studio, Orla, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Pinky, uh, Jeremy, and Ordinary, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Ariana, Melanie, and Franchellis, uh, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. May, Claire, and Serna, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Carol, Quiz, and Mai, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Chris, MD, uh, Taya, and Lil, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, blah, uh, uh, ZH, and, uh, the sleepy. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Good night. Uh, Charleno, Kimmy, and Nadine. Thanks. 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 Good night. Uh, Lamas, Celeste, and Tommy. Thanks. 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 Good night. Uh, Michaela, uh, Jaime, and Misa. Thanks. Thanks. Good night. Jacob. Uh, Deborah and Leah, thanks, 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 good night. Uh, Shannon, uh, David, and uh, Sam, thanks, 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 good night. Uh, User, uh, Gustavo, and Poldo, thanks, 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 good night. And everybody else in Brazil, uh, Betsy, Galaxy, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth, thanks, thanks, good night. Uh, Lafayette, Ashley, and Joe, thanks, thanks, good night. Isaac at Walter, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Drewbert, uh, X Pro, and my music. Thanks, thanks everybody for listening to the show on uh, YouTube. And uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Sleep with me is a proud member of Night Vale Presents and PRX. Uh, you can check out everything at nightvalepresents.com uh, and prx.org. Uh, thanks to, to all the patrons who keep the show going and sponsors. Uh, and the people that support them, and thanks for listening as I tuck you in here and say, uh, hey, uh, instead of sleeping tight, sleep uh, warm or chill, and as you will. Uh, and uh, on with another episode if you need, if you need something. Uh, good night.